Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Pray none of me but all of you. Thank you for supernatural divine utterance as I minister to your people. Grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. May they grow in knowing you and how to be led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may take your seats. <clears throat> so I, um, I am a, um, once again, I'm a bivocational pastor, so my time is very limited. Um, I have a couple jobs, actually. Uh, one, I teach online from time to time, and another, I teach um, in person, and then I work at another company, and so um, my time is very precious. So I, I use my breaks to study the scriptures. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see I'm in the in, in the little locker room, and I'm studying. I'm praying in tongues, praying in English, and I'm studying the scriptures. And I'm thinking about. It, I'm doing my Bible reading plan as well. And the other day, as I was going through the Bible reading plan, if you follow me on any social media, except for Snapchat, um, it, it, you'll see in Twitter. You'll see. I posted something about the Lord being a beast. How many of y'all saw that? Um, did y'all see? read the scripture? Uh, the Lord um, got onto, um, let's go over there. I just want you to point this out. And I, I just thought it was amazing how the Lord responded to Moses. That's Deuteronomy chapter 3. And then I'll get it right into my word. This is Moses. And he's, 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 uh, the Lord is dealing with him. Verse 26, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 26. says, But the Lord was angry with me because of you, talking about the people, and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, Enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. I, that, that blew my mind. I'm like, here's the Lord responding to Moses. Like, enough is enough. Don't bring this up again. I just, I just had a, I said, Lord, you're a beast. And that's not out of uh, disrespect. That's a you know, term like you, you, you are the one. You, know? you, you dealt with Moses like, don't bring this up. You're not going into the, the promised land. It was forbidden to go into the promised land. So I thought that was unique. So today we're going to talk about freedom in his will. Everybody say freedom in his will. Freedom in his will. Um, we, we're in a series about the leadership of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit lead and so forth and and the subtitle is The Power of the Practical. Everybody said The Power of the Practical. That was kind of weak. The Power of the Practical. The Power of the Practical. Okay. So God is a God of practicality. He's very practical. God has common sense. Come on now. I'm preaching better than y'all. That was enough for y'all to come all the way across town to hear that. God is a God of... I heard um, Apostle Otis Lockett years ago at Agape... Him and his wife would get up and, and teach. They would come like once a year, once every couple of years before Apostle um, went home to be with the Lord. And he used to say, to be spiritual is to be practical. And to be practical is to be spiritual. I was like, I disagree with that. But over the years, I kind of see where he's coming from. And so I want to talk about freedom in his will as it relates to the leadership of the Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to our familiar text, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, we're going to talk about freedom in his will, and, and today I want to help you and um, liberate you from some false ideologies as it relates to being led by the Spirit. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a flaky Christian, and I want to, I want to be very practical I want to be spirit-filled, spirit-led, and full of wisdom with prudence and don't look like a fruit, fruity cake, you know, just like, what is wrong with them? And so Romans 8, I want you to look at Romans 8, verses 12 through 17. It says this, I'm reading out of ESV. It says, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the Spirit... Put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live, or you will live. And so this is called mortification. Everybody say mortification. Mortification, mortification is a lost, 
uh, conversation in the church today. It is putting to death the deeds of the body. So many times if you have an issue in your flesh, let's say lying, gossip, gossiping, um, cheating, or whatever the case may be, um, you need to put that to, to you need to put that part of you to, to death, right? Um, there's certain things that God does and certain things that we do. Now, recently, I was telling Tashanda this earlier. Recently, I had um, a, I have a friend at, at work um, that I call Tashanda's best friend. <laughs> it was a little joke, and and so she's a young lady, and and we always talk. We're buddy buddy. We went to orientation together, and and so she told me that there's another lady who start working there, and I'm nice with her, but I'm also nice with some of the guys, and so but the lady. This other lady, Rashawn, uh, I'm going to stop saying their name, but the, the lady that's kind of like Tashandi's best friend, in my mind, um, she's a Muslim, and we're real cool, and she's going to come to church and whatnot. And so, but she told me about this other lady that I'm nice with. I'm, you know, I thought, not friends, but just kind of like working with. And she says, um, tell me about Dwayne. Uh, and she knows I'm married. And she said, well, well, does he cheat on his wife? <laughs> because, I, I, you know, I, I'm digging him. I, she didn't use that word. But so, and, and so I was like, uh, and so Rashawn, uh, the, the young lady, the Muslim lady told me, say, listen, um, I didn't tell you something. And so she told me, about, I said, well, she doesn't know me. Number one, I love Jesus too much to cheat on my wife. Number two, I love my wife too much. And number three, I got four reasons. Number three, she doesn't know my wife. My wife will set it off in here and burn this place down. And, and number four, she's busted. Like, she's not my type. And, and so I just told her this, those four reasons. I said, I love Jesus too much to cheat on my wife. I love my wife too much. And my wife will burn this choker down, and she's busted. So, so she was like, you're a mess. And so... Um, and so I thought she was playing with me. So I go and and we have a special meeting and they call a special meeting. And so she's there. So she sees me and she's I said, and I was like, I know she didn't do it. So I thought the Tashani's friend, um, I thought she was lying to me. I said, oh no, the devil is a liar. She doesn't really know me. I'm, I'm about to, I will cry out, adultery, adultery, you know, real loud. I said, that's sexual harassment. I'm serious about it. I talked to my trainer. I said, that's sexual harassment. Me too. It's going on my hashtag. I'm going to, I said, play with me. I'm going to HR. You don't wink at me. I'm a pastor. I'm married. <laughs> I'm happily married. <laughs> so I was serious too. That, that was the conversation last night. Um, I don't know why I said that, but put to death the deeds of the flesh, right? You, you got to do some mortification, you, but it's through the spirit. You got to make an effort. I don't even entertain that. Like, really? I told my wife. I told my wife. And she said, do I need to come up there? And she started taking off her earrings and they get some grease. <laughs> I said, do I need to come up there? <laughs> she was serious, too. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's get back to the scripture. <laughs> All right, um, it says, um, put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage or slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by, by whom we cry, Abba, everybody say Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and children and heirs and heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And go with me to Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs 20, 27. And in cases like I just shared with you, what I do from now on when I see her, I'm going to ignore her. And sometimes it, it, it doesn't pay to be nice. And, and so you just like, I'm not dealing with you, devil. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to be rude, not disrespectful, but you're not invading my space. I love Jesus and I love my wife and you, I'm not cheating with you. That, that's not even an option because I'm with this woman until the day we die. Some of one of us got to die before we leave each other. Right. 
Uh, you know, she, uh, God's, God's grace, she don't leave me. And by God's grace, I won't leave her. And that's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not entertaining. And you got to, sometimes you can't be nice to people because they take it the wrong way. And Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord searching all his inner parts. And so the way God is going to deal with us is by our spirits. And so let's talk about freedom in his will, the power of, of the practical. I think sometimes we can get so spiritually minded and not really spiritually minded, but deep minded that we're no earthly good. Because to be spiritually minded is to be some earthly good. Or they used to say the heavenly minded. To be heavenly minded is not to be earthly good. But I would say if you're really heavenly minded, you're going to be some earthly good. What people are talking about is to be flaky minded or super dumb deep minded. Come on. You know, those saints who always um, talking to, oh, you know, let me pray. Every time you turn around, you can't have a conversation. They got to pray with you. I, and I believe in prayer. Y'all understand that. But every time I talk to you, I don't, I don't need you to like, let me prophesy to you. Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Why can't we just have a conversation about life, about our struggles, uh, about the pain we're going through? Hey, you know, I just need a listening ear. I don't need someone to coach me right now. I, you know, I know the word. I just need someone to listen to me. And sometimes it's not. So, so don't be dumb and deep. Be led by the spirit, but don't be super dumb deep. And my father said this to me that changed my life. He, I, was doing, I was doing a lot of praying at this time in my life. I still pray a lot. But he said, while you're down there praying, don't forget your brain. I was like, dang, you just put water on my parade. And, but I understand that because sometimes we can get so deep that we, 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 we don't use our brain. Yes, we are spirit beings, but we also are intelligent be beings. And God is an intelligent God, and he expects us to use our minds. If you're not using your mind, then you're not really being fully to your full potential. And, and I, this quote came out of me yesterday as I was talking to a friend in Florida, Preston, who actually helped with the title, Freedom in His Will. And my wife came up with the other part, The Power, the power of the Practical. Um, my friend Preston, who's a rapper, he said this. He said, um, I was talking to him, and, he, and it came out of my mouth was, to be fully, to, to walk in your full potential as a human is to be born again and follow Christ. And unfortunately, some people, when they get saved, they stop being human. And in the ministers and training classes this morning, we talked about the hypostatic union, which is simply the two natures of God. God, Jesus, two natures of Jesus. Jesus is 100% man and 100% man, uh, uh, divine, excuse me, 100% divine and 100% human. He's not partly human and partly divine. He is 100%. He is son of God, which speaks of his deity, and son of man, which speaks of his humanity. And so to be fully human is to be, or to maximize your potential as a human being it's to really be born again and follow after Christ. The more you follow after Christ, he'll teach you how to be a human to the max, the way the life really should be like. Amen. And so that I, I never heard that, but that just came out. Um, we must go on just as much. We must go on just as much. Excuse me. We need to go by just as much as what God doesn't say as much as what he does say. That, that should set you free right there. Sometimes people are waiting to hear something when in actuality God is waiting on you. We have a whole lot more choices than we think. God doesn't have to tell you to buy some shoes. Right? He will lead you into shoes, right, where the sales are. Come on. But he doesn't necessarily have to tell you when you need some shoes, go get some shoes. Get up and wash the dishes. Go work, work out. I mean, I'm losing weight, but one of the things I'm doing is I'm not eating. I work graveyard shift, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Uh, I don't eat during that shift. And they're looking like, why are you not eating? You, you, I eat with my family around, what, 6 o'clock at night, and then I may eat breakfast the next morning or when I wake up. But that's what, why should I eat in the middle of the night? My body was made, never meant for that or the shift, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, but you understand there's some practical things you have to do. God didn't necessarily tell me to lose weight, but I need to lose weight. 
for, 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 longevity, for longevity of my family and of my grandkids. I want to see my grandkids, right? And so there's some practical things you can do. Now, if you don't take care of your body, oh, I'm healed by Jesus stripes, and you don't do what is necessary, you're going to have to see an early grave. Come on, I'm preaching better than you say amen. If you're struggling with depression, one thing is to go and exercise. That helps out with your mind. Get, get rid of that depression. Do something for somebody else. I heard that Joyce Meyer said that. Uh, when, you, when you're down and out, go do something for somebody else. It'll make you happy. Learn how to be a giver and not a taker. Only, you know what I'm saying? Learn how to receive, but at the same time, learn how to give. And when you give, there's something that's released in your body, medically speaking, that, that produces life. So we're meant to be just like God. So there's some practical things you can do to not be depressed. If you bear yourself in television, you'll be depressed a whole lot. Movies and, and so forth and even the news. But if you go and do something else for somebody else, do some exercise, get outside of the house, get you some vitamin D, come on. You'll be a much happier person. Get in that sun, go to the beach. I mean, I mean, you don't have to be, oh, I'm just in my work. I read the Bible. I read um, spiritual books, the, theological books, but also I'm reading Trevor Noah, who wrote a book called Born a Crime. I mean, about his life. He don't, he's not born again, but I love his story. And uh, his mom is was Christian for real, for real. And I mean, I'm just and learning. And I read about other stuff. I don't have to read just Christian things. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. The freedom in his will. Learn how to live life. I mean, when I, when I want to spend some time with my wife and I cook a wonderful dinner every once in a while and I'm on candlelight, I'm not listening to Israel New Breed. It's the new season. <laughs> uh, no, I'm listening to some Anita Baker. <laughs> some of y'all are too young for that. I'm listening to some, um, um, what's it, Luther Vandross. Baby making movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm not listening to um, Bishop Jakes and Love, Lady Love, you know, uh, that series. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, but there's some practical things. Amen? Amen. All right, let's continue. Um, so God doesn't have to tell you everything in order to guide you. Some things he leaves up to you. Sometimes it's like, Lord, should I go to school? You want to go to school? You can afford to go to school? Or you think you can pay off the loan quicker? Just go. Sometimes it's not just you're waiting to hear something. God says, go, and I'll lead you based on whether or not. Sometimes you don't know whether that's God's will until you get in the midst of it. You go and look at the mission, talk to the missions counselor. You check out the school program. And then on the inside, you're like, mm, uh, nah, this is not the time. Or this is not the school. Or, what, what, well, I, I'm believing God to buy a house. Okay, so go look at the house. Uh -huh. uh, maybe in the midst of looking at the house, you said, mm, something ain't right about this. Or you like, you've got peace about it. There was a time in the Bible, in the Acts, where the apostles, they were going around preaching the gospel, and they were, and they were trying to go to Asia Minor to preach the gospel. And the Bible says, you remember this, the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit forbid them to go. Right. So it's as they went, they were just doing the Great Commission, but in the midst of it, God was leading them. I think sometimes we are sitting back waiting to hear from God when God is waiting to hear from us. Waiting for, we're waiting for God to order our steps, but he's not going to order your step if you're not stepping. <laughs> uh, uh, I, wanna, I believe in God for a business. Well, get out and learn what it, what it takes to have a business. Uh, I want a six-pack. Do some things to get your six-pack. Amen? I mean, you, you can't just sit back and just say, okay, um, let's just, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear from God. Um, God. God, you know, God called me to the ministry, and, and I've been praying for 18 years, but, but you don't preach. You don't, I mean, when I felt called to preach of the Lord in my earlier days, you know what I did? I started having a Bible study in my parents' house. I just I was I was 17 years old preaching, teaching, having a bunch of teenagers in my in my mom and dad's living room with their permission and the permission of my pastor, and I was teaching them the Bible, what I knew of it. And kids was getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and getting demons driven out of them. At 17 years old, I was doing that. I didn't wait for God to say, start this Bible study. I just did it. And then when I was in middle school, I start witnessing, and you heard my mom share that story. I was passing out gospel tapes <laughs> before CDs, and I was witnessing to my teacher. My teacher ended up getting saved and getting delivered and all this stuff. I didn't wait. I didn't wait to, to hear this great calling. I did something. And my church, all the churches I've been a part of, I try to fill up with people. 
I, didn't, I just like, I, like, let's go. Let's go to church. I was always trying to fill up the, so if I got this great car, why not fill up my church? If I'm an evangelist, why not fill up my church? <laughs> Telling people about, listen, we're going to have a, a, a co-worker date soon, and about six of my co-workers are coming to church. They know I'm a minister. They don't know I'm a pastor. I didn't tell them I was a pastor. They said, we want to come when you're preaching. And I said, oh, every Sunday. <laughs> but I have a special message for them, right? So I'm going to wait. <laughs> they come on this Sunday. <laughs> but I'm saying that you don't have to wait. Sit back. If you feel called in the ministry, do something now. Witness and tell somebody. You don't, you don't have to wait for the pulpit. I, I didn't wait for the pulpit. I created my, my own pulpit. I was going into the, the prison ministry. I did prison ministry. I did youth ministry home. And I think um, um, Ashley and um, Angel, I believe, y'all did some prison ministry a couple years ago. Yeah, they just, they didn't wait for us. It's like, well, y'all ain't doing no prison ministry. We're going to start. And I, I think they were ministering to people. So you don't wait. Don't wait. Start where you are. Amen. Practical, practical. Um, what do you want to do? In the Bible, we don't see God telling any person everything to do. He simply tells them specific things during specific occasions. You must not get trapped by waiting for God to speak to you about everything in your life. He is a detailed God, but he doesn't tell you every little thing that you should do. Follow your spirit and use your mind. Follow your spirit and use your mind. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, okay, what do I need to do naturally? Sometimes I, I'm trying to stay up. I'm speaking the word concerning my energy level. Well, one thing I did is stop eating during those hours, and I got more energy. And then I started drinking green tea, and then I started, you know, getting some things that my wife found about green tea, and now that's giving me crazy energy. And I was crashing last night. And I was, like, so tired. I was, like, oh, God. And, and, and my coworker says, here's the energy. I mean, here's the protein bar. I don't eat those things, but I ate that, and I'm telling you, I had energy. I was like, oh, this thing is fire. I came in a little room, and I started preaching to people. I said, yo, Jesus is Lord. They were like, whoa, what's wrong with you? I said, yo, man, yo. And then they brought up the little lady who liked me. I said, oh, she don't know Jesus. I'm going to tell her about Jesus. <laughs> she was like, oh, you are off the charts. <laughs> but that little energy bar, it did amazing. Protein bar. Um, so you got to do some practical things. Don't just pray and not use your brain. While praying, use what God has given you. He's going to lead you by your spirit, but your spirit will affect your mind. Don't be foolish and not do what you need to do naturally. I'm believing for healing, but you're not losing the weight. You're not eating right. Uh, I, I want good sleep. You're not going to bed on time. I, Right? Oh, I, 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 I want to get my money in shape. Well, stop spinning. Maybe you need two jobs that don't take you away for Sunday morning <laughs> uh, to, to pay off the debt. Come on. Do some natural things and God will bless. God says, I'll bless the work of your hand. So but if your hand is not touching anything, there's nothing for him to bless. <laughs> you got you to gotta put your hand to something. God, God never calls a lazy person. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? He never calls a lazy person. Everybody who he ever called and used mightily in the scriptures, they were already doing something. They were doing something naturally. They were doing something spiritually. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, or chapter 2, it or chapter 3, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 3, it tells us the qualification of a pastor. And none of those things are spiritual, how much he prayed or how much she read the word. It's all about managing their household, managing their money. And so it, it lists natural things for qualification for a spiritual office. Uh, come on now. You better break that down. And so some people are like, oh, I'm going to pray eight hours. Oh, oh Lord, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to memorize the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. That doesn't qualify you to be a minister. Mm. What qualifies is what you're doing, how you're living it out. What about your character? Yes, yes. Amen. The Bible says if a person doesn't work, don't feed them. Right. Practical, right? <laughs> the power of the practical. Don't feed them because you're interrupting hunger that the Lord is using to inspire them to work, to motivate them to work. You're not called to meet everybody's needs. By you meeting every, every time they call, you're interrupting their creativity to do something while, while their back is against the wall. 
when you're, when you're back against the wall, you become creative. You think outside of the box and inside the box. You, you use those, those parts of the brain that you never tapped into. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Freedom in his will. And so the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and chapter 7, it says it talks about the widow. It talks about if somebody leaves um, in the marriage. And then it talks about um, you can marry anybody you want to as long as they're in the Lord. And so people say, well, I'm waiting for the Lord to say that is the person. No, there's qualification. Qualification is they're in the Lord and that you're walking together. There's harmony. There's, there's compatibility. You're not just marrying somebody off the strength of, uh, of what they say, but they're, they're, you, they go to church and they love Jesus and, and, and your family approves of them and, you, and, and they, their family approves of you. I think that, that that's the qualification that that person may be a candidate for you. Some people are single because they're waiting for God to speak to them about a spouse. The Bible says as long as they're in the Lord. God does not have a specific person for you. And if he did, what happened if they die before they get to you? Then your specific person is gone. <laughs> if they want to be with you and you want to be with them and they're in the Lord and y'all going into somewhat the same direction and you and families approve of it, I think that's, that's okay. I don't think you have to wait to hear from heaven to marry somebody that's saved for real, for real, and that's serving God. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm saying? Why, why, so if, well, I'm not sure if I should take this job. Okay. Would you like the job? Does it pay well? Is your needs being met through this job? We pray, you know, Lord, give us our daily bread. Is that daily bread being ministered through your job enough to meet your daily needs? Then that's the job for you. If you like it, if you enjoy it, if you don't like your job, you don't have to stay there. Don't stay there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord to tell me whether or not to move. If you don't like it, get out. You live in a land of opportunities. You can get a job that you like. Right? But don't quit the job before you get another job. <laughs> right? Hey, <laughs> you you got to do the natural, the power of the practical. The power of the practical. Put two weeks a two weeks notice in before you leave because you might need go you might go back to that job. Don't burn bridges. Because <laughs> you might need that bridge one day to go back over. <laughs> I'm telling you. The power of the practical, freedom in his will. There is a circle of God's will. God has some specific things, then he gives you the freedom to choose in that, that circle. You don't have to wait for God to speak to every little thing. How many children shall I have? I'm just waiting on God. Well, how many can you afford? How many did you, you and your spouse agreed on? If you want to have eight kids, have eight kids. If you want to have three kids, have three kids. If you have one, one kid, have one kid. It's your choice. You don't have to wait. I'm waiting for God. Oh, what, what name should I name him? Name him Junior. Name him after your great aunt. You don't have to get a biblical name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why, did, why am I saying this? <laughs> you, you don't have to get a biblical name for them to be a Christian. Live the life and teach them and they'll be a Christian, right? <laughs> I mean, you create an environment. I think sometimes we get super dumb deep. You know, I'm just like, like hey, I mean, and then just because there's pressure doesn't mean that it's time for you to go. Pressure doesn't mean the absence of the presence of God or the, or the will of God. You may have pressure. It means just stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So stand in the middle of pressure. Just because it's, it, 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 it's not turning out the way you want it to be doesn't mean it's not God's will. Stay in the fire because you'll come out as pure gold. These eight, ten years, these ten years have been held on earth. But we stayed in the fire and we're coming out as pure gold. I'm telling you, stay in there. Don't give up. Keep honoring the Lord with your money, with your mind, with your body. And he'll bless you. It may not. God doesn't always. He doesn't always pay up at the end of the week. But payday is coming. Payday is coming. It may be a, next year, maybe 10 years. But payday. If you keep being faithful to God. Keep honoring him with your money. Yes. Keep honoring him with your mind and your body. Yes. And you're you making the confession. One day, listen to me. Yes. One day, yes. people will see the manifestation of we, what we say every week. Hallelujah. 
and you're going to say, oh, my goodness. I remember when it was a handful and they were still speaking as if there were thousands upon thousands. They keep saying, oh, we're outgrowing our present building. And the Lord is blessing us with buildings and lands. Plural, right? Amen. Amen. Got a, a facility for ministry school. Got a facility for children. Got a facility for, for counseling. I mean, I mean, why not? Come and dream with me. And let's make it happen. Let's be practical. Invite somebody to church that will need to go. Don't try to get somebody from another church. You don't got a church? Come to my church. One reason why we got the hallway painted, because we need to look good, even though we're going to be here for a short amount of time. Why not make it look good? Brother Alfred and, and a good brother named Zay hooked it up yesterday, and they're going to do some more tomorrow. I mean, why not make it good? Well, let's make our guests wow. Like, wow, this is really nice. Amen. Freedom in his will. God's will is to lead all of his children. The Holy Spirit has been set, sent to lead us and to guide us. He doesn't drive us, but he leads us. Demons drive, but the Holy Spirit guides. If you're driven, it's not God. If you're in a hurry, it's not God. God, you should know this about God. God is never in a hurry. He says, I'm coming back. It's been 2,000 years. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's never in a hurry. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. And if, whenever you feel pressure to make a decision, it's not the Lord. What about the sale? The sale's about to end. Let it, let it end. Because he'll bring that sale about, uh, back around, or he'll give you the extra money to pay for it at cost. It's okay. Don't be moved by pressure. If someone's pressuring you, it's not the Lord. Someone's trying to get in your life real quick, it's not the Lord. The scripture says in Proverbs and in some, it says the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And so if God is leading you, don't be afraid to submit it to some counselors. Some spirit-filled, spirit-led, full of wisdom counselors. Doesn't be spirit-led and spirit-filled. Oh, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to be full of wisdom, too. Because everybody full of the Holy Ghost is not full of wisdom. <laughs> That's what Acts talks about, the making, um, picking out deacons. Um, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. <laughs> Sometimes we, we pick the wisdom and not the full of the Holy Spirit. We pick the full of the Holy Spirit and not the wisdom. Let's, why not both? Everything, now listen to this, this is going to help some people. Everything you think isn't God. Everything you think isn't God. Everything you hear isn't God. Everything you feel isn't God. Some things you're hearing, some things you're, you're, um, you're feeling, some things that you, you, you're thinking isn't God. God doesn't tell you everything. If he told you everything before you did it, then you're not walking by faith. So God's not going to tell you about everything in your future. you got to walk towards it by faith. I trust you with my future by faith. I know what the word says. So I'm going to do what the word says, and I'm going to trust you to lead me and guide me. And he leads just as much unconsciously as he does consciously. Sometimes he's leading you. You don't even know he's leading you. And that's some of the best leading in the world. When you don't even know what God is up to and he's leading you. Like, you don't know that he's leading you, but he's leading you. He's ordering your steps. And, you know, he causes you to make networks and friendships. And, and you don't even know what's happening and setting you up for your future. He doesn't always tell you what he's doing. He's all-knowing. And he leaves some things up to faith. We walk by faith. Remember, he'll never lead you to take a leap of faith, but always a walk of faith. He's not going to lead you to, leap, to jump, leap into the dark. What's going on? Ask the hard questions. God is not afraid of our questions. Why should I do that? Look at the pros and the cons. Making proper decisions, common sense decisions. Does it make sense? <laughs> he doesn't speak to you all the time. Every dream isn't God. <laughs> so don't be afraid of the dreams. If you don't know what the dreams mean, it's probably not from God because he's going to let you know what it is. He, oh, what is this? I had this dream. Uh, okay, throw the dream away. It's a dream. 
Well, where do dreams come from? Well, what you look at, what you think about. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, dreams are dreams. It, dreams, should not, dreams should not determine your future. You know what I'm saying? I, prophetic words should not determine your future. Well, they prophesy. I want to make sure I'm lining up with the prophetic word. I believe in prophecy, but I'm telling you, don't live your life. Don't build your life on prophecies, except for the prophecy of the word of God. Okay, that's nice. The Lord's going to do this. Okay, all right. Put it in the back burner. If it's God, it'll come to pass. If not, throw it away. Oh, I see you into the nations. You're going into the nations. Okay. 20 years ago, they prophesied about me going to Africa. And 20 years later, I went to Africa. Going back soon. All right. All right. Good. Good. I'm not trying to make it happen. If it's God, it'll come to pass. Don't build it on it. Don't live by, I got to get a word. When Prophet Evans come or somebody, another prophetic gift, oh, oh, give me a word. Give me a word. No. Because usually if you get a word, that means you're about to go through hell. Yeah. 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 Usually because that word is going to strengthen you to get you to the other side. So don't, don't, um, be envious over prophetic words. That's just something they're about to go to hell, and they're going to need that word to get through that hell that they're about to go through. <laughs> Usually in the Bible, when they have a prophetic word, it's something is about to happen that's going to disturb their comfortable lifestyle. The person who owns this garment is going to be persecuted. Oh, my goodness. And Paul continues to go. Amen. Every vision isn't of God. Every desire is in God. Oh, he gives me the desires in my heart, so I just desire this. Well, no more, is it really a desire or is it just a want on your flesh? A true desire is birthed in prayer and birthed from the word of God. It's not contrary to the word of God. And so if it's a desire from God, then allow him to fully let it develop. Some desires is like a seed and it grows over time. And sometimes that seed grows into a big tree and let it continue to grow. If it's a desire for you to go into full time ministry and to be a pastor, so, well, let it grow. Don't act on it tomorrow. Preparation time is needed. Preparation time is never wasted time. God called you to be a millionaire. Then how are you doing with the five dollars? How are you faithful with the $5? As you're faithful with the $5, then he'll give you 10. He doesn't take you from five to a millionaire next day. It's through walks and steps and year after year, month after month. It's, that's how breakthrough comes, right? Breakthrough is not always instantly. It's one after one, one step at a time. You're still working it. You're, still, you're working, cutting out this, cutting out that. Next thing you know, you're out of debt, and you go on to the next one. And supernaturally, God is leading you and guiding you. When we talk about debt cancellation, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going like that tomorrow. It just means he leads you and guides you. You're paying this off, paying an extra 50 on here, paying an extra. And how I many of that starts adding up? Next thing you know, you got a letter. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, you are free from this bill. Come on. How do you raise your children? Step by step. Oh, they ain't acting right. So don't be moved by what you see. You buy step by step. I'm still instilling in them. I'm modeling before them. I'm praying for them. <laughs> Every day. It looks, it gets worse. It goes the opposite of what you're praying about. But over time, my God, those prayers are still working years later. I'm a result of mama praying for years later. Changing my life. Praying for the will of God. Pray. I had several girls I was dating prior to my wife. And th those prayers she prayed for me when I was six years old came to pass when I walked right into South Carolina and to her church. I'm saying it works. It doesn't happen overnight. It's years. And sometimes it, God doesn't pay overnight. But payday's coming. And if you keep doing wrong, payday's still coming. <laughs> it's coming. God does, God's judgment doesn't happen right away, but it's coming. Payday's coming. It, payday's going to show up someday, someday soon. So you keep cheating on your spouse. See what happens. It's going to show up someday soon. Keep being faithful to your spouse. It's going to show up someday soon. Amen. Keep being faithful and keep reading that word. I don't understand. Keep reading it. Keep praying. 
Keep worshiping. Keep doing what's right. Walking in integrity. Doing your work when no one else is looking. Keep doing it. Working hard on your relationship. Working hard on your, your, your business ideas. It, you may get, get an idea and it may take 20 years to do it, but listen, those 20 years are going to come. Why not let it come and you fully in the fullness of your dream? If it takes 20 years to be a doctor and God calls you to be a doctor, those 20 years are going to come regardless. So why not come with your degrees? And with your, with you, you got all everything you need and you step right into You may be 60 years old, but you step right into the will of God and your latter is greater than your former. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You're going to get older, but why not get older with some wisdom? With some debt freedom. It may take you 10 years to get out of debt, but guess what? In 10 years, you'll be out of debt. You keep, because you're doing the small things. You keep working. Freedom in his will. The power of the practical. Doing the natural. And allow him to put his super on your natural. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are not to just feel led, but we're to be led. God's word is a safeguard, and spirit-filled, spirit-led, full of wisdom counselors are safeguards. The more you know the word, the more you'll know his leading. God is extremely practical. He's extremely practical. Read the book of Proverbs. He'll tell you how to raise your child. He says, don't spur the rod. Why? What happened? Because you're getting hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I know some people don't believe in spanking. That's, you know, that's your, you know, like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you're preparing your child. You're think, you got to think future husband, future mother, future wife, future business person, future president, future engineer, future prophet, you're preparing them for the future. And you got 17 to 18 years to model, to preach, and to pray, really pray for all those years for that to manifest. So it's what you're doing, how you're modeling. If you'll quit on your wife, you'll, they'll, quit on, they'll quit on their wife. They'll see what, how you treat people and model it. Um, Pastor Dr. Danita Thompson said, what adults do in moderation, what parents do in moderation, kids do in excess. excess. <laughs> oh, so you pray a little, they'll pray. They'll pray a lot. I mean, I got Declan, amen, amen. <laughs> when we say Jesus' name, amen, because what he's hearing that. <laughs> so if you, if, Corey, <laughs> Courtney, go around. We praying in tongues, and 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 oh, da, ma, da, da. what are you doing? I'm just doing what you and mommy do. Amen. Yeah, you need the real Holy Ghost, boy. And we did, and He did, and God did. You know, but I'm telling you, what you do in moderation, kids are doing excess. So they need to see. I grew up seeing my father rubbing my mother's feet, and serving my mother, and love, and yet he's the man, he's the leader, and yet he's serving her as if it's, it's the best thing, like they're teenagers. I'm like, y'all teenagers, y'all need a room? <laughs> like, y'all dare, y'all can't keep your hands off each other. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to model what you want your kids to see and become. It's not what you're just saying, it's what you're doing. I don't know, I'm on that. God, God doesn't always skip the practical. There are times that the practical is uh, contrary, but for the most part, it's right on. These are notes I took throughout the week on my breaks. Um, <laughs> um, God will honor the practical. Like I said, Apostle Otis Lockett, who's in heaven now, he used to say, to be spiritual is to be practical, and to be practical is to be spiritual. Now let's look at the word practical. Practical simply means of or, or concern with the actual doing, the actual doing of something rather than with theory, and ideals. It's the actual doing of something. Practicality isn't at odds with the supernatural and faith. It can be at times, but it isn't always. Common sense is good sense of sound judgment and practical living. Common sense. God is a God of common sense. Everybody say, God is. God is. 
is a God of common sense. God is a God of practicality. You can look at Proverbs and see how practical God is. God doesn't use, again, lazy people that are full of potential. He opposes the pride, the prideful. The leadership of the Spirit is a practical way of life. Faith and practicality is, should not be at odds. James 1 tells us to be slow to hear and quick, oh, excuse me, to be slow to speak and quick to hear. And the proverb says, um, where there's much talking, sin is not lacking. So sometimes, you know, the Bible says a fool can pass as a wise person if they'll keep their mouth closed. That's practical. <laughs> Just be quiet. You'll find out a whole, whole lot of stuff. A soft word turns away wrath. So if there's wrath, wrathful person, they're angry. Yeah, okay. Bring them to control the conversation and bring them down. So you upset. You hate me. I love you. I'm not going nowhere. I'm committed. Bring them down. Control that spirit of anger. No, we don't do this in this house. And that does stir that devil up. And you're just in control. You're responding and not reacting. You're responding. I love you, but you're not right. I'm willing to tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. I'm not going to walk around on eggshells around you in my own house. I'm going to tell you what I feel and still love you. You're not right. Go and pray. My wife did that. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Mr. Pastor. I'm telling you, I mean, God is very practical. You're on your job, and they gossiping, and they talking, and this is happening, and that happened. Just be quiet. Well, I, one time, there's a boss, she was a bully, bully, straight bully. I mean, just really bad. And, and she did everybody wrong, and she did me wrong at times. But um, she also, I had favor with her. And, um, and so one lady, she's so supposed to be Christian, she complaining about her. I said, well, that might be your experience with her, but not mine. She helps me. She, she helps me put food on my, my family's table. She, she's good to me. Even in the midst of her bullying me, she's good. <laughs> Favor. She gives me extra hours that I need. This is when I was working at the school. So that's not my experience. She may be that way. But she's not that way with me because God says he'll make, when my ways please the Lord, he'll make even my enemies at peace with me. So she may hate me, but she'll do good for me because God is with me. Just like he was with the children of Israel and they left out with some spoil. And Pharaoh was like, why am I letting you go? I don't even know. Like in the midst of that, because they obedience and they were doing what's right. You can't get raises and talking about your company and your boss. It's unscriptural to complain about your boss. Go pray something. Okay, God, what do I need to do? How do I need to adjust myself? Your attitude is everything. Says so I'm not going to get upset. Now, I, I vote, vocalize, I write HR <laughs> and all that good stuff. But, but at the same time, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to do my work. And they have nothing in me that they can claim and say I'm not doing my work. Get there before time. Because if you get there on time, you're late. <laughs> all right. So that's practical, right? Let's look at a couple of scriptures before I let you go. Remember, God doesn't always tell you specific things. He does give you generals in the scriptures, and sometimes he'll speak to you specifically. The number one way he leads us through his word, and the second way is through the inner witness. And the inner witness is not always a clear-cut word or writing on the wall. It is manifested. We read the scripture earlier, Romans 8. Let's go there. Two scriptures, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's take a look at this. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to show you the number one way outside of the scriptures, how he leads. He leads through the scriptures. So if you want to know the general will of God, read the Bible. Romans chapter 8, let's look at this scripture in verse uh, 18, I mean 16. The Spirit himself, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit lets us know that we're children of God. How does he do this? One way in which the uh, witness, inner witness we call, inner witness is manifested is in um, inner peace. 
And we talked about that, right? Inner peace. Another way in which it's, it's manifested is there's a knowing. You know things and you don't, can't explain it. So sometimes when God is speaking to you or leading you, it's not always articulated in words. There is a knowing in your spirit. You know whether a person is good or not. Oh, something ain't right about that person. That is the Holy Spirit pressing against your spirit that something isn't right. And sometimes it's a holy suggestion. You just get a holy prompting to do something. Uh, let, let, me just, let me just go over here and you find out something. Or uh, let me go take this, this, um, this other direction way home and you find out there's an accident. Just a holy suggestion. And it's so, it's so sacred and so um, like really like sudden that if you're not careful, you'll miss it. It's just like, and sometimes if you override it, you're like, you know, you get around some people and uh, they're trying to get in your life and you're like, something ain't right. Like, and you can't put, and what we, what we want is we want to know all the details. Tell me, Lord, what's really in their hearts. And God says, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you to stay away from them. And, this, and I got this, this, this prompting, not just a feeling, but this prompting to stay away. There was a kid in Willenboro who um, everybody was pressuring him to go to this party. He didn't want to go to this party. He's not even safe. He doesn't want to go to the party. I just don't want to go. Want to go. Everybody's pressuring his mom. says, oh, God, why don't you go? So he goes and gets killed. There's a, there's a, 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 a drive-by. He gets killed. But he had the inner witness telling him not to go. So some, God will lead you away from tragedy. God will prepare you for tragedy. God will prepare you for famine. But you got to pay attention. Okay, just, just put back. Because there's some crunch, crunch time coming. But what we do, we oh, we, we, we good, we good. And all of a sudden, bam. Why am I getting this? Because you didn't listen to the prompting to cut back. There's freedom in the will of God, in his will. There's freedom in the will of God. God's going to lead us. Let's go to another scripture. Um, Psalm, let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And I'll end with this psalm. There's a couple verses in here. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, and let's look at Psalm 37 and verse 4. So in one way the Lord leads us, I said this scripture earlier, is through the multiple counselors, through the counselors, right? Safety in the counselors. There's safety in the multiple counselors. So God will lead you to which counselors to go to. When I say counselors, there's people who full of faith, full of wisdom, that can kind of guide you through life. You don't ever want to go, just go on your own. If, if you believe God is leading you, especially with major decisions, you want to submit that to spiritual leadership, mentors, and some natural people. What do you think? Now, you don't go around and say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Because you'll be confused. Because everybody's going to tell you differently, right? But God will lead you in the midst of that. Like Psalm 37, verse 4, it said, delight yourself in who? Lord, and he'll give you what? Okay, delight yourself in the Lord. The word delight means to, to, to be like, it doesn't mean to be happy in the Lord, per se. It means to be like um, um, clay or uh, putty in the hands of God. To be flexible. To be willing to, to let the potter mold you. That's what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. That, that word delight is misleading, just from my English standard Bible. It just it means to be be um, flexible in the hands of God, to be teachable. In the midst of that, God will place a desire in your heart, and then He'll turn around and bring that desire to pass. So that delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't mean that He'll delight to get this car, and He'll give you the desires of that car. It, it simply means that as you're teachable, He'll place desires in your heart for something or someone. You know, he'll put a desire, and I don't mean that relationship-wise, but he'll put a desire to be around somebody, and, 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 and sometimes it takes time. Some of the desires don't, some of the desires don't happen overnight. They, they happen in the process of time. 
And I think in the midst of it, we lose sight in the process of time. We, we get anxious and we want it now. But how many know if you can, if you can have more patience, if you, can out, if you can have more patience than the devil, you'll win every time. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible says in James 1, it says, let patience have her perfect work. Faith and patience, they inherit the promises. If you can develop patience, you can have everything you need and desire that's from God. He'll bring it to you. Patience, the, the patience of Job. Uh, Job was patient, and, and God gave him double for his trouble. We want it now, but God says patience, freedom in his will, the power of the practical. I keep worshiping. I keep blessing God. Even when I'm in pain, I, I keep saying the right stuff. I keep, I keep declaring. I keep um, doing the right things. I, I, keep, I keep thinking the right thoughts. I, I keep filling myself up with the word. I, I keep doing what's, what is not uh, common for me to do uh, uh, that is opposing my situation. I, I keep at it. I keep praying and keep worshiping and keep reading and keep witnessing and keep, keep being a light, keep being a person of integrity. The integrity of the upright should guide them. So your integrity will guide you and God will bring you into that place of desire that the, the desire results will come. So the desire, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. God will speak to you in ways you don't want to be hurt. He'll put his hand on, on sin. He'll put his hand on attitudes. He says, change this. Work on this now. Why? Because he got a better future for you. Yeah. Amen. Delight yourself. Okay, let's look at a couple of scriptures in this psalm. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I mean, psalm 37, verse 23. 37, verse 23. It says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. So not everybody's steps are being ordered by the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, he'll, he's ordering your steps. He's ordering your steps. So you got to do some stepping. You got to walk towards something. It's not sitting back, hearing something in order to move. It's moving, and in the midst, because you're walking with God, he'll let you know, that's not it. Keep walking. It's like um, um, Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep walking, because you'll walk right through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no. You're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but keep walking. Keep walking, because goodness and mercy should follow you all the days of your life. But if you ain't moving, there ain't no goodness and mercy following you. You got to keep walking, keep doing what you know to do. Keep putting into practice the word of God. Keep speaking the word when you don't feel like it. Keep praising when you don't feel like it. And God will turn that thing around in time. In the due process of time, and that's where most believers fall out. Patience does not develop. You have patience, you go through a period of 10 years of hell, then you can go through anything. Yeah, it's like, mm, yeah. okay, I got this. Yeah. If you can be patient with your kids, you can be patient with the people of God. Yeah. Patience is developed. Wow. I can walk with somebody who don't want to be walked with. I can call them when they don't want to be called. I can pray for them when they don't want me to pray for them. Come on. I, I, patience. But what happens? We abort that. God's trying to work something in us. Freedom in his will. The power of the practical. Um, steps of a good man or steps of a man are established by the Lord. God will establish your steps. Okay, my last scripture is verse 37, 20, Psalm 37, verse 37. You have to see this. Psalm 37, verse 37 says, Mark the, bl the blameless. Behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. For the man of peace. King James says, the end of that man shall be peace. You keep walking with God. Though it's not looking like things are turning out, that if you walk blameless and upright before the Lord, the end of that person will be peace. And that word peace is shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. You'll walk right into the wealthy place of God and your wealthy place in the place of peace and flourishing. But you got to keep walking. You, you mark, in other words, get a person that's walking upright and doing the right things Keep, they're speaking the word, they're praising, they're worshiping, despite what's going on, the end of that person is going to be peace. Yeah. Yeah. 
the latter is going to be greater. If a person is really walking with God, the end of that person is going to be greater than their former. And some people don't believe that. But the end of the wicked is going to be worse than their former. Wicked people are not getting away with their wickedness. Payday is coming. And the end of that wickedness is going to be hell and the gnashing of teeth and fire, brimstone, the lake of fire. But the end of the righteous, Proverbs 4 says, the, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter, more into the perfect day. Your path is getting brighter because you keep walking with God. Amen. Did you get anything out of this? Yes. Father God, I thank you for this word. I pray that we would um, walk in the freedom of your will, realizing that you're not waiting on us. I mean, we, we're not waiting on you, but you're waiting on us. I thank you, Father, that, we, that you will lead us both consciously and unconsciously. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.